Gedevach, everybody. So, you know, so Hashem, we're all getting ready, making achonis for the Yantav of Sukkot, and one of the biggest achonis that a person does over uh, this time to get ready for the Yantav is certainly getting Dalad Minim to try to get the best, the nicest Luvan Esri that they possibly can. So, I'm going to tell you, Maisa, that a Yid that also cared very, very much about his Dalad Minim. There was a Yid, a particular city, a particular shtetl, and, you know, every single Jew has their mitzvah that they feel connected to, you know, that they, they put all their kaychas into, you know. And this particular year, his Indian was asterisk. That was his thing. And he wasn't a rich person. But it's, the whole year, he would, he would save up money in order to buy an asterisk. And it was well known amongst the whole town that already before Yom Kippur, he would travel to Yaniv, to other places where they had chash of and he would spend to him what was a fortune on a good asterisk. And he would come back to Shtetl, and it was known that on Sukkot, Everyone comes to that, that shul over there, and you get to see Yankel's Esther. Yankel's Esther is the best Esther in town. It was always uh, one, of the, you know, it was one of the social events of the year for him. He's able to show off his Esther. Okay. So one particular year, it happens to be that it's before Yom Kippur, and he's traveling. He saves up 50 ruble to buy the best Esther. So he's traveling to, to Yanov, to whatever the location was that he gets his Esther again. You know, on his travel, so he happens to stop by a particular, he's traveling through a town, and he stops by uh, Kretschmann, an inn, a hotel, to stay the night. And so he's sitting by the bar, having supper, and he notices and he overhears that there was a Yid next to him who's mamish moaning and crying and, you know, kvetching, there's something bothering him. So the bartender's there, and, you know, the bartender's job is to make conversations. So the bartender says to this Yid, no, Yid, what's on your, what's on your mind, what's bothering you? And so this, you know, this Yankel is overhearing this. So the Yid says, you know, basically he says that, that he does for a living. He's a, he's, a, you know, he's a wagon driver. So people like a taxi, you know, people hire him to go from place to place. So the whole Parnassah depends on his horses. His whole Parnassah depends on that. And he says, my mazel is one of my horses died. Just yesterday it died. What am I supposed to do? I can't buy, I, I have no money to buy a horse. And if I don't have a horse, I have no Parnassah. I don't know what I'm going to do. So the bartender, you know, besides being a bartender, he's also like a shadchan, you know, because everyone comes to the, the hotel, so he knows everyone's Indian. So the bartender, he, and he wasn't necessarily the, you know, the greatest person in the world. So the bartender says, you know what, I, I can get you a horse, I can get you a horse, but it's going to cost 50 ruble, 50 ruble. 50 ruble, I'll get you a nice horse. So the yid says, 50 ruble, I don't have 50 ruble, I, I, can't, I can't get 50 ruble. So the, 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 the bartender says, listen, 50 ruble, I'm barely breaking even. <laughs> I, I can't, I, 50 ruble is what it's going to cost. And meanwhile, this yankel is hearing that, 50 ruble. That's the money I, I save for an esrik. So, when I get, so he says to himself, what am I going to do? I'm going to travel to Yana buy an esrik, knowing that this year doesn't have parnas anymore. So he, he goes to the bartender, this yankel says, listen, between me and you, what's, what's your bottom? H- how low can you go for this horse? It's not 50 ruble. What, 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 what do you want? So the bartender says, listen, between me and you, 45. 45, for, uh, 45 I'm, bra- I'm, bar- I'm basically losing money on the deal. <laughs> so fine, 45 ruble. So the guy pulls that 45 ruble. Yanko pulls that 45 ruble, gives it to him. And this bartender, fine, says to, the, to, says to this other yid, fine, this yid over here just paid 45 ruble. You're going to get your horse. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Mamish. You saved my life. Right, don't thank me. Thank the Rabbanu Shalom, the Yankel says. Okay, then he goes on. Now, meanwhile, Yankel's now traveling to Yanov. <laughs> he doesn't have Yanov. He's worried all expensive as Regimar. He has five ruble left. Uh, you're not going to get anything over there. Uh, even in a regular market of Dalminim, five rubles is going to get you the shvachist of the shvach. So what am I supposed to do? Everyone is expecting a big esrik. So Yankel goes home. 
And on the way, he, he sees someone, he buys the Ulven Esrig, a Shvachaset, and he goes on to his wife. And his wife is expecting him to come in the house happy or excited. This is the highlight of the year. And so Yankel comes in all dejected, and his wife says, What happened? So he says over the whole Misa, and Yankel's wife is sensitive to, you know, Yankel's going to be embarrassed like this. So Yankel says, you know, you know, he says to his wife, maybe it's okay if, if, if by davening for Sukkot, I don't daven in the main shul. Everyone's going to look at me. It's going to be embarrassing. I'd rather not. Maybe for davening, I'll go to the neighboring town, which is the town of Lezhensk. That's where Ramelech and Rav Zusha were. So it's the wife says, 100%, I understand. It'll be embarrassing for you. We'll, we'll daven. We'll, 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 for you, for you not to daven, we'll go to Lezhensk. It's not a problem. So fine, that's what he does. So he comes to Lezhensk this morning. And he doesn't know he's a new person in the, in the shul. He just, he's in the back, shaking his little Vanessa. He doesn't even, even there, he doesn't want people to see his little Vanessa. He's so embarrassed. Meanwhile, comes davening. The Rebbe Melech gets up to daven for the Yomid. And all of a sudden, comes to Halal. He's about to bench little Vanessa. All of a sudden, the Rebbe Melech puts down little Vanessa and uncovers his face with a talus, turns around to the crowd, and begins to smell begins to sniff with his nose as if there's something, there's a big smile on his face, as if there's something that smells beautifully. And he, and, you know, he's almost as if he's trying to figure out where the smell's coming from. And at some point, like, it seems on his face that he hops, and then he puts his talus over his head, and he goes back to finish davening. Okay? It's a little bit strange. After Hal is over, Sir Melech quickly goes to his brother of Zusha, and he turns to his brother Zusha, and he says, No, did you smell what I smell? And Zusha's like, Avad, what do you think Zusha's hard of smelling? Of course I smell what you smell. So we have to find the asterisk. <laughs> no one knows what's going on. Meanwhile, they, 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 they're using their nose to uh, find the asterisk, to find that smell again. And they come to this Yid, this Yanko, the back of the shul. <coughs> and they say to them, listen, listen, Yanko, we have to say, we don't know who you are. You're new to the, the shul. We've never saw you before. But I don't know what the, but, but tell us the story of your asterisk. Because your asterisk smells of Ganeidin. So he says, my asterisk, my asterisk is a, Five ruble esrig, barely kosher. Smells of Ganadin. So the Ramil says, tells the Misa. So this Yankel tells him the whole Misa of Mesir's Nefesh of how he sacrificed his Chosh of Esrig, you know, for, uh, for, uh, for to help that other Yid. And all he got was this, was this cheap Esrig. So Ramelech and Ramzusha smile at each other and they say to him, listen, you told us the first part of the story. We're going to tell you the sequel. What's the next part? So he said, you should know this happened to you of Yom Kippur, before Yom Kippur. So you should know that over Yom Kippur, there was a terrible, terrible gzera hanging over Kal Yisrael. And the way Rav Melech described it was that you had the Malach Michoel, the angel Michoel, and all the Malachim Shalmala trying to, trying to, uh, you know, trying to bring, bring, bring schusim before the Rabbani Shloilam. But the problem was that as they're schlepping all the schusim, as they're schlepping all the schusim towards the Rabbani Shloilam, the sudden comes with a huge pile of Averis and blocks the road. So no one's able to get by all these Averis. So what happened? So he said like this, Ramelech said that that Yid that you helped by that horse, that Yid was a Pasha Yid, doesn't know anything. But he was so overwhelmed with Akkar Zatai for you and for the Rabbani Shalom to send you to him to help him have his Parnasa. Do you know what he did? He said, after he took the money, he went outside and he went home, told his wife, they were so happy. And he took the whip, the whip that he uses to whip his horses to, to drive. He went outside to the field and he said, Master of the Rabbanu Shalom, I don't know how to daven. What am I, how am I going to say thank you to you? How am I going to thank you and to praise you for what you did to me? It's the unbelievable chesed. All I know is, my pronounce, all I know is how to go like this with the whip. So what I'm going to do, this is going to be my thanks. I'm going to whip, I'm going to crack the whip a few times in the air. 
And that's my feel, that's my thanks. And he cracked the whip, cracked the whip, and he said, Rabbi Shalom, thank you so much for all the kindness that you've done to me, and you give me my pranasa back. Thank you so much. So said Rabbi Melech, at that moment when he cracked that whip, and he said those words of thanking the Rabbi Shalom, praising him for all the kindness, and that to send him his pranasa again. All of a sudden, those cracks in, of the whip in Shemayim reverberated as mamish lightning bolts. The whole heaven lit up in such a thing. And at that moment, with those cracks of the whip, they heard in Shemayim, all the Malachim heard in Shemayim, also a crack of the whip. And all of a sudden they saw the far, far end of this road that was being blocked by the sudden, that Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of himself was riding a horse. And those cracks of this farmer, of this uh, the taxi driver, this wagon driver, was propelling the horse of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak to come. And the horse of Rabbi Yitzchak was going so strong and so fast with the cracks of those whips that it stampled and trampled and crushed all the avers that the sudden had in its way. And with that, all the schosen that the Malachim were gathering over there were able to make its way to the Kisya Kavit. So he said, that's what you did with your Esrik. Don't underestimate the Messias Nefesh in helping another Yid. It's Poil Yeshuas. Hashem should help us that all of our Esraigim, whether they be the most Chashiv Esraigim from Yanava, you know, or, or uh, cheap set, whatever person is able to do, they're able to, if they're Meisir Nefesh for Mitzvahs, Meisir Nefesh for Yidin, you should always like to be, you know, the Chasim is already on your kibber, the Chasim, Shabbatai Chasim is an Eshan Rabbah, which be Zaycha to see a Chasimah Toiva for us, for our families, and only a Shana Toiva Masuka, the Vyaskal Tzadik Meher Vimeinu Amen.